Hi, I'm Barbara Butler. I make extraordinary play structures and treehouses for kids. And this is Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to Episode 208 of Chasing Dreams. Can you believe it? We're eight episodes after 200. Mind-boggling. And I think, yeah, we just celebrated four years on the show. This is amazing to me. And um, I have... Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I have a fun guest for you guys. You See, this is how nice she is. She's already thanking me. You guys are going <laughs> to love her. Barbara Butler. She's the founder and CEO of but- Barbara Butler Artist Builder, Inc., and has been designing and building extraordinary custom tree houses and play structures for children for over 30 years. She's been having fun, guys, for 30 years. <laughs> I can't talk about a more successful thing. Uh, both residential and commercial within the U.S. and internationally. So we're going to talk about that. You know, we got to talk about that. Her mom wanted her to be a lawyer, but she loved working with her hands. And so there's a conversation there, too. So during the summer, she learned carpentry from her brothers and after graduate school, moved to San Francisco to become an artist. Barbara landed her first play structure job working for Bobby McFerrin. You know, the don't worry, be happy. You you guys know that. Um, And that was it. That was her passion. She fell into it. Her 30 years later, she's still loving it. She is here. We're going to talk to her. And I'm so stoked. Barbara, how's it going? Good. Thank you. Thanks for the great introduction. (laughs) Well, um, so... Barbara wasn't a direct contact. Someone uh, recommended her and they gave me this long paragraph, guys. It was like five paragraphs of how amazing she is. And it only took one paragraph really for me to be like, yes, she absolutely has to be on the show. In fact, I I think I told you, Barbara, she could have stopped. I was like, say less. You don't have to say more than this. I mean, 30 years doing what you love and you you seem happy. Is that fair to say? No, it is. I, I love doing it still. You know, I, I just hit number 702 job what? numbers. Yeah, custom structures, which, thank you, which some days sounds like not enough and other days sounds like a lot. But So let's put this in perspective. 702, how many would you say you do roughly in a year? Well, it really varies. Like when I do a big public project that takes up four or five months, you know, mm-hmm. that only gets one job number. So that year I might only have 10, you know, jobs, but other years I do a lot of smaller ones. I might have 40 so or 50, you know, so it's really, uh, you know, really depends on, on, you know, who's called me that year. Cause we're all about custom. You know, I just do like, it's basically anything for kids, preferably outdoors. Oof. Yeah. And Oof. I like kids and adults to play on it together. That's my other thing. So let's, you know, guys, you, you know what I'm about to do. Let's go back to young Barbara. Young Barbara likes playing uh, playhouses, treehouses, playgrounds. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. I had I had seven brothers and sisters. I'm number six of eight. 
And uh, we lived on this block with maybe 40 kids. And we just, you know, every day it was, you know, be home by dark. And, and it was just play, play, play. Outside, so too. Outside, yeah. As a reminder, guys, people do that. People do yeah, that. Yeah, people. Yeah. My mom used to say, go outside to play. She didn't want us roughhousing mm -hmm. inside. And it was go outside and play. And even in, you know, I grew up way upstate New York, even in, uh, you know, 10 below zero, go outside and play. <laughs> and, and you guys, when I say that, I mean that you weren't on Fortnite. You weren't on your cell phone. You weren't on the video systems. You were outside playing. That was awesome. You know, I loved those things and doing that and just having fun. Playground time. Oh, that yeah. was and riding, riding my bike mm -hmm. and. I remember riding my bike home and it's getting dark and cooling down and not wanting to get in trouble, but it's very, you know, it's, it was so nice out at that time yeah. at sunset, you know, it was so nice at that time of day. So playing was everything, you know, it was playing games and jumping fences and mm -hmm. playing in play structures, you know, but I don't think I ever played in a tree house. I had a tree I felt really strongly about. It had, um, uh, we had a giant rope hanging from it, but uh, I never thought of putting a tree house in it. I mean, I never thought of building a tree until I was in my 20s. Well, so we had a big tree in the back of our yard, and I've always wanted to make a tree house. But one, we're Indians, and we don't know how to do that kind of stuff. But two, <laughs> I thought it was only things you saw on TV. Like, it felt like almost everybody had a tree house in the movies and in TV. Right. But in real life, when I went down the neighborhood, I'm like, where are those people? Nobody had one. <laughs> but it seems so cool to have one. Yeah. Which it probably no, was. No, we had one by us either. We had a tree. I felt very strongly about that tree. And and the rope was a neighborhood hit. The fact that we had a rope hanging out of a tree yeah. made us like super cool. I bet. But, oh my God, did we get hurt on that thing? I mean, <laughs> y'all, they used to tease my mom that they were going to rename the emergency room after my family. <laughs> that, that sounds like you had a lot of visits. Yeah, yeah. Because I broke this arm twice and this arm once and you know, wrenched my knee and jumping fences. And, you know, we were, you know, we were just uh, wild, wild kids having fun. So cool. And I really want to recreate that, not with the injuries, skip the injury part. Right. But um, I want to create that, that whole thing of having wild fun outside, creating private spaces for kids. Now the world's different. A lot of kids are kind of in the circle of the family home more. Sure. Not wandering free, but I want them to feel free in that in that space. And I want them to get away from their phones a little bit. Uh, and I can't blame you for that. I support that. So yeah. when you went to college though, right? Cause we talked about how your mom wanted you to do law school. When you went to college, what was your plan? Did you have one? Well, I didn't really have one. Mm -hmm. I, uh, she wanted me to be a lawyer. I mean, she would say it like, you'd make a really good lawyer. And so I thought, I don't know what I want to do. So maybe that's a good idea. So I majored in political science mm. and, and I liked it and everything, but, uh, when I graduated, I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer and I didn't really know what to do, you know, so. But you had I a master's. Just, What'd you get a master's in? Then I went and got it into English. Then I thought I wanted to be a writer. Mm. And I went and I, I did English and I thought I wanted to be a writer. I mean, I still think of that. But <laughs> when I grow up, I still think I might become a writer. But um, uh, then I worked for my brother, so summers and in construction. And I did really like the whole working with my hands and outdoors. I started out learning bricklaying with them. Wow. And then remodeling. And I just thought of it as a way to pay the bills. And then I started painting. Instead of writing, I started painting. And then I wanted to be a painter. And so I was doing painting. I moved to San Francisco. And my friend wanted me to just do construction with him, start a business. 
small business. And uh, I thought, okay, uh, we can do this a way to make money. But the real thing is the art. And we were doing, we had a little company called Outer Space Design and we did backyards. Wow. We wanted to do artistic backyards. And that's when Bobby McFerrin, uh, his wife, Debbie, hired us. And this is before Don't Worry, Be Happy. This is how long ago that is. And uh, they hired us to do their backyard, which, you know, they weren't that well known, but we knew that he had done an ad for Levi Strauss and had money to spend on the backyard. And But it was like this fairly steep backyard, not a level place in it. And we were like, yeah, we can do this. We found out later, five other companies had turned down the job. It was so hard. <laughs> but we were like just starting. So we we're like, yeah, we'll do it. And she said at the bottom of the yard, she wanted an unusual creative play structure. So I was like, that sounds fun. And I went and I played on all the play structures in town. And I came up with this design for her and she loved it. And then I built it. And yeah, I probably made like a dollar an hour, literally. (laughs) And and I was like, but when I finished it and we had a party there and all my friends and her friends came and we played on it and the kids played on it. And I was like, I was just, I just announced, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. And everyone's like, you can't make a living doing this. I was going to say. How did they receive it? And that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody was like, you can't make a living doing that. Yeah. My sister, Suzanne, I said, no, I want to do this. I want to get a team and I want to go around the country and I want to build them for people, you know, maybe eventually do public parks too, but start with backyards. Sure. And my sister, Suzanne, who worked in an insurance company, she was like, let's be realistic. (laughs) She like, she said, let's add up how much that would have to cost. And she did this rough thing. And she said, the people would have to pay $10,000 for a play structure. People aren't going to do that. And I was like, yes, they are. You know, and, and then she eventually quit her job in the insurance when I got so busy in 99 and moved out here and incorporated with me, incorporated the business and is my business partner. And That's every time so we get a awesome. check over $10,000, I take it in and say, oh, look. <laughs> No one's going to pay $10,000 for a play structure. Okay, we got to talk about this because even though you face that criticism, even though even the closest people to you were doubtful of it, you still did it? Yes, I am a little stubborn. Is that what Um, it was? Stubbornness? I I think so. I also, you know, I I tended to think it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. I did. I, I do like, you know, still, I mean, they still feel that way about me. And, you know, a lot of my family works in the business now. And in fact, Pretty much everybody in my family has worked for me at one point or another. <laughs> and uh, and they all know that if I get a crazy idea, you know, I get like, no, I really think this is going to work. You know, and so I, I have the conviction to believe my own ideas. You know? I, I love how you said that, you know, having the conviction about your own ideas, because I think sometimes we allow people to sway us. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I do. I mean, I sometimes I get swayed, you know, for good reason. And other times I regret it later. But to get to that quiet place to decide is this really a good you know is this really a good move am i am i operating you know out of my heart in a good space you know and stuff and try to then not be afraid i mean what are they gonna do i love to say you can't get blood from a stone you know what are they gonna do to me you know if i fail i'm gonna get up and actually i'm really good at losing that's the other thing i'm good at winning but i'm very good at losing too like if i lose and get knocked down or whatever metaphorically i you know dust yourself off, get up, you know, dust yourself off and go back at it. You know, it's like, it's not the end of the world to lose. You know, so I, I give myself that too. That is, that's not easy. That's not easy being a good loser, right? It's easy to be a good winner, but be a good loser like that. 
That yeah. takes mental fortitude. And I, I, so I have to ask, because of that, did you give yourself, like being strong in your conviction is one thing, but did you give yourself, I'm going to give this a year and if it doesn't work out, then we'll pivot, do something different? Or you're like, were you like a thousand percent in? I was pretty much a thousand percent in. I did have a, I did have a very funny point where I was sick of it. I was, Cause I was making furniture also. I started making furniture that I was selling, which was cool. And I was trying to do the play structures. So this is in the the nineties, mm-hmm. the early nineties. And I'm trying to, but it's uneven money. It's, you know, it's hard. Seasonal. It's yeah. uneven, you know, and uh, it's like so much chasing, you know, to get the money to do the job. I love the work, but uh, so I did reach a point where I thought, that's it. I'm only going to do my art on the weekends and evenings like everybody's told me I should do. And so I, I got a job in a frame shop, you know, making frames. And I said, okay, um, that's it. And I went and I worked a day and a half. And then at lunch, I quit. <laughs> I said, I realized, oh, yeah, this is not suited for me. Uh, and I, I went back. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And then I went and I called up everybody I knew and this before email, I called everybody I knew and, and former clients. And I said, I'm having a fire sale. I'm selling, um, I'm making everything for you know $5 an hour. Um, and if you don't buy something, I'm going to set myself on fire. I said, it's technically a self-emulation sale, but fire sale has a better ring to it. I, you know? I agree. <laughs> I agree. Everybody laughed. They knew it was a joke. Everybody laughed, but I got a bunch of orders and I were, you know, for $5 an hour, you work. But I realized that it was going to make me happy. And I have to say, I never turned back after that. So that was my one pivot away and it didn't last long. And then after that, it was like, that's it. I'm, I'm all in. So, I mean, I'm still in the all in. Yeah. Face hard times. And I still have to say, you know, people, my family still loves to say to me, aren't you going to stop doing this? You work so hard. You know, that's like, I love my work. What do you mean? You know, I'm, I love it. You know, you're one of the um, awesome few or, or it's not a minority, but I think I think at the moment it is a minority who are truly passionate about what they are doing and allowing themselves to fall, follow their passion versus the money. Yes. Like, yes. did you, and did that ever come into your mind? No, I mean, it's still, it's still a basic problem I have that I'm, I'm very interested in building and making these things. I'm very interested in kids playing. It's, these are things I'm really interested in, how kids interact with each other. Uh, daycare. Yeah, I love making ones for daycares for young kids to play with each other. But that's another thing. I'd love to start a nonprofit to help low income daycares mm-hmm. get better play structures. But um, I'm not quite there yet. But you know, I just realized these are things I'm interested in. And, you know, oh, yeah, I have to make money to pay the bills, you know, and now it's like, I have to make money to make payroll, you know, I have to make money to keep everybody off my back. But it's still not, it's really not my main motivation. You know, really, my motivation is to, you know, make something beautiful, fun and cool for kids. And guys, if you are, if you're listening to this on the podcast, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, where you can see the episode of this recording. And Barbara has, what, can you describe what's in the background? Oh, that's my shelf with all my samples. Uh, it has rope and there's my pink hard hat that I wear to site, my pink hard hat. And it just has wood samples and all sorts of things I collect, uh, metal. I have my bike horns. I have a whole collection of horns that I just like. And you're just coming from a, a job, right? You were working? Yeah. Yeah. We we're on two sites today and so I'm a little sweaty, but you can't tell. So but I still love to go. That's the thing. I, I'm very involved. I mean, I still run on. the shop. 
Yeah, I used to build them all myself. Then, uh, you know, because that, that very first one, a friend helped me. And then I, what I would do is have a few friends help me. And then I eventually evolved to talk my husband into helping me full time and my brother. So they worked for me full time. And then we we went, we did them you know, across the country and we built them on site. We'd be gone for like three months. And then we did one in Connecticut in, uh, it was 98. We did this one in Connecticut and we started a little late and it snowed a little early and we were finishing it. And then, you know, in the snow, in the snow, we were finishing it. And they were like, okay, we're quitting. If you keep this up, you've got to get a shop. We got to switch. And I was like, okay, good idea. So I came back to San Francisco and we, we rented a shop and we switched to modular building and we rented a place and we just totally changed the way we did the business. And that was in 99. And so that's when then, you know, the shop has grown since then, but it's the basic idea. So I, I love this story for so many reasons. So many reasons. We've talked about a few of them, um, but one of them is that you pursued an area of interest that one you were passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. But based on your your formal education, yes, you didn't really have a business background, nor an architecture background, nor, nor a construction background. Right? Let's let's just list what you're missing there, right? All those things, and yet you still went forward. Where I know people who have a passion sometimes are like, "Up, oh, I hit the first roadblock. That's it." Yeah. Like what, how did you figure out what you don't know? Because oftentimes the saying is you don't know what you don't know. Right. That's true. I mean, you find things out the hard way sometimes Mm -hmm. doing it my way because you haven't been taught it ahead of time. But in general, what I did was I just tried to find books on my best way of learning is through reading. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for you to, you know, anyone starting out in this is like, how do you learn best? Is it through YouTube? Like my lead carpenter, anything new we got to do. He goes to YouTube first, you know, I go, I go for printed material, you know, it's like, it's like, you have to find your way, you know? And then I also like to tell, I also like to talk to people say, I have this problem. I don't know how to solve it. And, you know, even at a coffee shop, the person behind me will say, oh, well, you know what you ought to do? You know, so I love that. How it just like, I go out there and tell everybody my problem pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried to read everything I could both on woodworking. I mean, I had no formal training in woodworking, right? no formal business training. And um, I'm not an architect. You know, I've, I've become licensed. I'm a licensed contractor now, but I'm not an architect. I, you know, I thought about it, but I was so busy working. I didn't really want to go back to school. I thought, well, I'm kind of doing it. So, so yeah, you're doing it. Why? Why stop now? So you're also an international builder. You've done this internationally. Where? Oh, it was so crazy, too. It's so much fun. I just love that. Uh, well, the first one I did international was in France. We sent one to the south of France. We were in the FAO Schwartz uh, Christmas catalog as the ultimate gift. Oh, and uh, yeah, that was, you know, they're no longer, I guess. But and so this uh, woman bought it in France and she had this castle in the south of France and she wanted this Western fort, you know, big play structure I had done. So, you know, we built it all here and we basically we stuffed a 40 foot ocean container. And we put everything in there and then we flew over with the crew and we installed it. And we got to stay in her castle while we put together our fort, our Western town. And uh, But it's, it was very stressful, but very fun. You know, you're on a deadline of timing. You know, right. you got air tickets. You got, you, know, you can't forget anything. You can't go out and buy a stick of Redwood over there. You know? Right. So, you, you, it's not like you can drive down the street to Home Depot or whatever to yeah. get what you need. I do, love, I do love the problem solving part of that. So you go in and it's like a puzzle, a giant 
or a game, you know, you go in and the, and the game is, you know, okay, we got to get this done. We've got to improvise. This is, this is all the materials we got and we got to make it go and we got to make everything perfect in one week. I would be stressed out. Like God bless you. I'd, I'd be stressed. Well, my brother says who works with me, he says, uh, he always says that I don't have stress. I'm just a carrier. Everybody around me has it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the best way to do it. <laughs> well, it's just, to me, it's not stressful. It's fun. I mean, I feel like I've, I've decided a long time ago. I mean, really, you know, you mentioned about balance earlier, mm-hmm. but really I decided that the business comes first. The business, which is my art. You know, they're, they're the two together. It's kind of like the secret weapon too, you know. It's like, you know, I won't necessarily do, you know, I won't do something just for the money. It's sure. my art. Too, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, so it's a it's art hiding as a business, you know. <laughs> so let me ask you, what is a benefit or un, unforeseen benefit, right? Because it sounds like there are a lot of things that are working for you in doing this, but that something you didn't expect to happen that really surprised you in a positive way about following your passion? I think you get to see, I mean, the thing that I've done with my commitment, you know, basically I'm married to this, you know, enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it, I'm, a, I'm impressed with my own commitment. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think you really get grit. It's like, no, I am making this happen. And when I hit stumbling blocks, it's like, no, I'm not going to violate my principles, but I'm going to, I'm going to look around. I'm going to hunt around like a hungry tiger and and do whatever I can to make this a success. So and that grittiness, you know, getting in touch with your own grit to do what you have to do to get it done is, is very is very satisfying. I mean, you're you're living the life that I think many people who chase their dreams want to live, but are afraid to do. Yeah, you well, know, you just take baby steps at first, though. I mean, I take more risk maybe now because I have more experience. You know. I think when you're first starting out, you have to, I mean, I've always said you have to mother yourself a little bit, you know, like don't, don't throw yourself into the pit of crocodiles right away. You know, so it's like you, you know, you want to take care of yourself and you nurture yourself and, you know, you have to learn, you do have to be kind to yourself that way. But then also there's a certain point where you have to say, no, you are staying up all night to finish this because you said you would. And it's like, do your homework, you know, so. In a different way, at least with something you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't enjoy the moment of it, it you it's you you want, you know, you want to get through it with honor and with um, you know, a- accomplishments behind you. Every time I finish one, I'm like, another one, you know. He's seven hundred and two. Like, I know. Do any stand out um stand out more than another? Like give me one. Well, the second international one, I did one, in, I did two in Korea, actually. And those were really, uh, you know, same thing, you know, like such an experience to get to go there and to interface with the, 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 the people there and, and to bring in the crew. Some of the crew had never been out of the country. I mean, it was really, it was so interesting. Very, very hard, but, and, uh, you know, but a cool design too, you know. So I love to try a new design. You know, I love to always keep trying something new. So I don't know, you know, I kind of have the new baby syndrome. Usually the newest one is the one that I like the best. <laughs> I just keep getting better and better and it becomes different and different. It's just that latest one. That's the one that sticks. I know. It's like, well, that one. 702. That's my baby right now. When 703 <laughs> comes, forget it. 702 is a thing of the past. Yeah, right. 702 is like, what? 
I don't even remember. No, that's I do remember. We actually just met. We were redoing our website, and we went through the list of. We were trying to decide the order and which ones to put in archive because there's too many to put 700 up on the website. So we're trying to decide which ones to archive and feature. And and Suzanne, my sister, and I are going through. And we're like, oh, I remember that one. And it's like people sometimes call and say, I don't know if you remember who I am. I'm like, no, I remember every one of the 700. That's awesome. So, so just like they're like kids. So I have to ask. You know, as a woman in an arena of an industry that is not commonly known for women to venture. Yeah. Were you unnerved by that? I mean, clearly you went ahead and did it, but yeah. did you face any um, issues and did that ever give you pause or a second thought? Well, I definitely ran into it. I mean, I do. I am. I have three brothers, two older, one younger. So I kind of grew up between the brothers of my family and they tease me a lot. So that maybe toughened me up a little. But um, no, I've definitely ran into it and it, it's less now, but you still, I'm underestimated a lot and, uh, and I'm not taken so seriously. And they say uh, at the hardware store, they'll be like, what do you need, hun? You know, things like that. And, and I remember one time I went to a sand and gravel place to get for mixing concrete and I went to a little too big of a place, but still they wouldn't have treated, I don't think they would have treated a guy this way, but they put like. I wanted a half a ton of sand and gravel and they put a ton in the back of my truck and I couldn't even pull the truck out of the parking lot. It was so overweighted. And I went into the office and I was like, I can't even drive the truck. And they were all laughing in there and they're like, well, you better, you better get some of that off of there. And I said, well, how, how do I get it off? And they're like, I think there's a shovel out there. And so I had to go out and shovel off a half a ton. Of sand well, they were and gravel. just watching you. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm not afraid of hard work. So I just went out and did it. And I made sure I never went back to that place again, you know, but, you know, maybe now I would have gone in and pitched a different fit, you know, a little bit more. But back then I was trying to, you know, prove point, prove, prove who I, yeah, prove I could do it or something. Well, you but, showed them. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a number, there's a number of ways, right. That people can respond to that. Yeah. Sure. But I think the one, the way you chose to respond to it was a testament to, to who you are, right. Not letting them right. get to you. Yeah, I mean, it got to me, but I pretended it didn't. But valid. That's yeah. valid. And, and, and you know, I um, I think um, I I always say this one that I I sort of now when I go on sites, um, sometimes these big construction sites, I kind of forgive everybody ahead of time. You know, they're gonna they're a little standoffish. The guys might be a little standoffish mm-hmm. at first, and you know, who's she? And we're in this weird position of making a play structure but i know by the end they're gonna all be over there like climbing on it and yeah asking me for jobs and stuff so you know i sort of decided just to sort of forgive them ahead of time and you know just wait see what happens but now i have to say i've been doing it so long in this area that i show up on site and they come over and like i know your work i love your work you know so it's you know it's kind of reached that point but i remember at the beginning it was it felt very you know definitely crashing the the boys club. And, mm-hmm. um, I, my main method was just to sort of ignore it and just be like, well, I'm here. I've been hired. This is what I'm doing. Right. You know, just kind of ignore it and yeah. keep going. Focus blinders. on the Yeah. Blinders up. That's a great, uh, idea actually blinders. Cause oftentimes yeah. we let outside distractions stop us. Yeah. You know? And, and so if, if that's how you did it, you guys might want to think about that, you know, as you yeah. chase your dream, put blinders to the criticism and, you know, just ugliness of people who don't understand what you're doing. It sounds like you had people who didn't understand, but once you started showing them the results, they started turning around. 
Yes. And the problem is then the next job I'd go to, there'd be a whole new crop of them. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> so that was a little tough, but you, you just have to, I mean, kind of shield up a little, you know, I'm doing my work and. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because sometimes I think that once we conquer it once, we think it's one and done. And, yeah. and we just forget sometimes that's not how it works in life. Right. You have to keep right. fighting for it. But uh, do you ever get tired of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I have to say, I seem, you know, so far so good. You know, it seems to be getting, it gets better with experience because now I, I, you know, I can stop it in its tracks and I have more experience mm-hmm. and I think they they don't test me as much anymore because, sure. you know, probably they can sense that, you know, I'm like, just don't get in my way. I mean, I remember one time we went to this site and it was, it was so, you know, it was this huge construction site, all these guys, and we're in a pickup truck, six of my crew. I'm sitting in the middle in the back in the crew cab just to be, you know, we had to shuttle in because it was such a big site. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to go way over to our treehouse site. And there's the guy in a big backhoe and he stops us. We we're driving up and over. He goes, no, you got to park over there. You know, we had the back of the truck full of stuff. And he's basically saying we're going to have to walk a half mile with all our stuff and all our tools, and everything. And, and the guy driving was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 let me out, let me out, let me out. <laughs> and so they had to like, you know, open that, had that weird double door. Oh, and they yeah, in the back of a pickup truck. I'm like, let me out, let me out, let me out. I was so excited. I, I was so excited I was going to go have a fight with this guy. I was just so excited. And I, <laughs> I got out of the car. And as I'm getting out, uh, Marco, one of my carpenters, said to the new guy, he goes, oh, watch this. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm marching over to the guy and I was like, okay, like, let's take it easy, though. It might be okay. And so I get over and I'm like, we are driving through there going over to our job site. I just waited. I thought, okay, I said a regular sentence. I was just like, I was so ready to have a fit. And uh, and we had to stare down. He's up in his big backhoe and he's just staring at me, staring down at me and I'm looking up at him and I'm like, come on, jump, go ahead, make my day. So, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> so And then finally he says, okay. And he moves out of the way. And then we got to go over there. You know, it was like, I think you have to be ready to fight too. I was ready to fight. I try not to fight unnecessarily, but I am ready to fight when, especially for my work, you know? Well, you, so. it sounds like you fight for your dreams. I mean, I yeah, got to fight for them. You've been doing it for over 30 years from the very beginning. And that's amazing to me. Okay. So I, I want to share with you because, you know, we've talked a lot, but I want to share with you why your story resonates with me and why I love it so much. One, you fought for it right? Hands down, you fought for it. Two, you didn't stop. Even yeah. in the face of criticism, uh, not just criticism, but just the the uncertainty, the, the meanness of people, the times being a minority uh, woman doing that, you know, like a woman doing that, but like a yeah. min- minority of the gender. Uh, yeah. And so like you faced all of that and yet you still did it. You the money wasn't probably coming in the first time. No, the but, money was pretty slim too. But you still did it. And this yeah. is, um, Jim Chasers, I want you guys to hear that, right? Because she's th- over 30 years later, still doing what she's passionate about and hasn't really sacrificed doing it herself. Like you just came from a job site over 30 years. Yeah. You could have probably outsourced all of this by now. Oh yeah, but they wouldn't do it as good. So yeah, I do still really. Quality like, of work. Yeah, quality of work. And actually, I, I often say that to people with craft. I mean, somebody told me this a long time ago, mm-hmm. that if you're doing a craft, 
you're never going to make enough. You're never going to make this tons of money, right? So the only reason to do it is because you love it. And the important thing to do is to make sure you sculpt a uh, you sculpt a process where you enjoy each part of it, because that's got to be your pay your payment is yeah. the enjoyment of each step of the process. So don't build a way of making something where you only like the end result and you hate it along the way. You have to try to enjoy the whole thing because that's really what you've got because your product goes to the client. You know, what you make goes to the client. All I get are nice Christmas cards and, you know, from the family and photos of it and the feeling of accomplishment. But, you know, so I, I, I want to enjoy the whole process. So two questions before we go to the um, get to know you round one, what has surprised you about doing this even 30 years later that it is, done for you that you didn't expect well a <laughs> couple of things one is a funny not such a good surprise i'm surprised i haven't made more money <laughs> that's fair i think when you're younger you think oh you put a few years in and you'll yeah. be, you know you'll have made it you know it's always been it's been a joke like uh you know the, you know a 30 night overnight overnight sensation you know yeah so I, i'm surprised that it really isn't that it's just a continuum it's not like you don't get to a a plateau and it's like ta-da right it's more like it's just a long steady climb and you know i'm liking it it's the journey <laughs> it's the journey no and yeah. i do really like the journey and i think the surprise the other surprise is just uh how much i love doing the public parks you know now so you know i started on the backyards because i couldn't see my way to how i could do public parks mm-hmm. but then i sort of started getting more um you know where i could i got a few public projects and then and they were very hard they're they're um, they're much different you know there's a lot of, i had to become a playground safety inspector there's all these codes you have to hire there's more engineers involved and playground safety inspectors and you know it's like and the, and the process of installing them is not very fun you're on a construction site you know it's not there's no kids around the only time it's fun is when you go back to the park after Watch it's it. open that's yeah. awesome so before i jump to this let me get the questions um, what is one action you would tell the people listening today or watching on our YouTube show uh, to do to chase their dream? Just one thing for that they could do. Well, I think it's, you know, you know, uh, the biggest thing is, is, is some marketing. You know, you have to, you can't just, I set a goal originally when I read about it somewhere that you, you know, if you do four days of your work, you got to put in at least a half day of marketing, hmm. you know, and then a half day is like cleaning and getting ready and stuff like this. But you, you can't, you know, you can't expect that to be done by somebody else, especially at the beginning. You have to, you have to go out there and, and put yourself out there and try to sell your work and get people to see your, you know, see, you don't wait for the world to find you. You've got to go out to the world, you know, and, and that's hard for artists to think of a lot. And I think when you have a new dream, too, when you're chasing a dream, you know, you think, well, I'll just do my thing and I'll be discovered. And it's like, no, I think you got to do you got to go out there and put yourself out there and let people know you're there. Definitely. Definitely. That's so true. All right, Barbara, it's time to find out a little bit more about you. You ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We're going to do five questions. Number okay. one, who would you choose to play the main character in a movie of your life? Oh, Wow. <laughs> Do I get to be young or old? Hey, it's your life. You get to choose. I know. My life. Who would be my life? I mean, 
let's go with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Oscar award winner, Academy well, Award winner. Too. And she's a little tough, you know? She is. She, I think it fits. I can see it. I can see I it. It's really just threw it out there, you know? So. Okay, this is a weird one. If you ran for president, what in your past could be used against you? Ah! You know, I was president of my student high school, uh, you know, my student council in my high school. And uh, so I have experience, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but let's see, from my past, what could be held against me? Oh, well, I, I foolishly was uh, married when I was 26 for three months, and then I left. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and my, yeah, my family was, everybody was, you know, ba- you know, really disappointed in me. And uh, it, that was another period of like, oops. Right. Hey. But I, I just knew I couldn't stay. I had made a big mistake. But it did, you know, did go over badly with uh, the family and friends. And, you know. It's never easy. No, it wasn't. Mm. But it was a good decision because I, I really kind of committed to being an artist after that. And I just knew I I, I wasn't, I was going down this path that wasn't my path and I needed to do a complete switch. But I see now that I may be a jerk. You know, I was a bit of a jerk in the process and I feel bad about that. But, you know, I got to give you credit. You know, a lot of people would just suffer down that path. So, you know, it's better for both of you, I think. Right, right. You know, certainly better for me. (laughs) All right. Number three. Here we go. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve. Well, I think it's excuses. I don't love excuses. Like, I know we have to give them sometimes, but I'm a little bit more like, I'm sorry I didn't get that to you. I'll get it to you tomorrow. I don't want to really hear your cat threw up. and I don't want to hear the excuses. And I, I, I worry, you know, and I just don't think that, you know, you don't want to get so into your excuses that it keeps you from just getting the thing done. Very true. Yeah. So I don't I don't love excuses. I, my sister has told me that you have to give excuses sometimes for people to understand. So I've learned to give excuses. But in general, I don't like I don't like getting them. I don't like giving them. Fair enough. And as you chase your dreams, don't make an excuse not to. Yes, exactly. Oh, because I always say that it's making excuses is close to feeling sorry for yourself. And feeling sorry for yourself, you know, once you start feeling sorry for yourself, I think that's an indicator that you're about to quit. You're giving yourself permission to quit. Ooh. Like, oh, poor me. I feel so sorry for myself. And I'm giving you, you're giving yourself permission to quit. And I just think, don't do it. You know, don't even waste the time going down that road, you know, of pretending you're going to quit. You know, <laughs> just don't do it. You know, it's like, it's like a pity party. Don't, don't go on the pity party. Hear that? Hear that, guys? Keep that in mind. All right, number four. Okay, what is your favorite memory of someone? This is in the room, but I'm going to go with what is your favorite memory of someone on your team? Oh, that's a good one. Well, let's see. I told you the one about my sister with the check. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my husband, he, uh, you know, he was driving a cab and, uh, and he was organizing the cab drivers and everything. And, uh, he didn't even think of working for me yet, but he told me that he had had some experience digging uh, post holes and landscaping when he was a kid and stuff. And so he actually got fired from the job being, you know, the cab driver mostly due to the organizing and everything. And I said, well, why don't you come and work for me? And, and 
And he was like, come work for you and dig post holes. You know, he was just horrified at that thought at first, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, it's going to be good. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to, we're going to do this for a lot of years. It's going to be really fun. And he was like, okay, you know, but I just always love his face on that one. You know, I still always remember whenever we're starting a new job, you know, him kind of going, Oh, what am I getting into? You know, he's still a little bit like, you know, but he's 30. doing it. He's still doing it. Yeah. He's still with me. My sister, my brother, my, you know, my niece did work for us for a while. She's, she's on to a different job now, but. That's impressive because um, I, I get nervous working with family. Yeah. You have to be, I mean, it definitely takes uh, a lot of care. You have to be careful with your family, but you can also count on the loyalty and of your family, you know, if you're careful with them. But I mean, I try not to, you know, you don't want to bully, you don't want to you know, take advantage of them, you know, so you have to be a little careful, but you have the shared history, you know, and the shared way of doing things that can be very powerful if everybody's very respectful to each other. It's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. All right, last one. Okay. Where have you seen the most beautiful sunsets? Right by my house. I live right on Ocean Beach in San Francisco. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's called the sunset, the area, but it's actually usually so foggy. You don't see, uh, you don't get to see the sunset so much. San Francisco has the, the notorious fog. Oh, wow. But, yes. But I have two crazy dogs and after work, I drive home and the dogs come to work with me and I drive home and we stop at the beach and throw the ball. And uh, this is our time of year in fact where we have really beautiful sunsets there and i live uh three blocks three blocks back from the beach i feel like that would be a scene out of a movie like i can picture it a scene out of a movie no it's 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 really i feel very lucky you know uh it's uh you know i came to san francisco just sort of on a whim you know i grew up in upstate new york and i just said yeah let's move to san francisco i don't even know why i picked it but i do love it i mean it's changing a lot it's got its problems now but still love an awful lot about it. What place doesn't, but that's fantastic. Barbara, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your story. Um, I just remember one other thing I liked about your story uh, was the fact that you had so many experiences, that you took experiences to learn what you were passionate about and that, you know, if it didn't work, that's fine. That was just an experience. Moving on. And Oh, yeah, my early job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, jobs and just even working with your brothers and to figure out what you want right so I, I had to share that one too because that yeah no triggered. it's true I I felt it you don't know at the time that's yeah. the thing I mean everybody was worried about me until I was about 33 it's never too uh, late so I'm like a, I'm like a late bloomer that way but to me it was like well, I was just following my nose all I could do is go to the next corner mm-hmm. I couldn't see where I was going when I was young you wouldn't have said you wanted to be a play structure designer and builder mm-hmm. when you grew up you know now kids tell me that and I'm like cool it's awesome. But to me, it was like, I just had to go down to the corner and then look around and see where I wanted to go from there, you know. Which is awesome. So before I let you go, Barbara, where can these guys find you if they want to connect or learn more about you? Oh, so we're, well, our main website is barbarabutler.com. And we're on uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, Barbara Butler Treehouses and, you know, all the other ones. <laughs> and you guys can all find those on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 208. All right, episode 208. We'll have all those links and social media handles for you. So definitely check it out there. Barbara, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Amy. You're great. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. 
Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.